Although this should go without saying, Coach Calipari is not getting fired, nor is he stepping down anytime soon. We explain why on today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You are Locked on Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast specifically, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house-based games to play daily, no sharks, no funky props just your skill versus the lineups you choose you can sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on on today's episode of locked on kentucky going to talk about uh, a few topics first off we're going to talk about coach calipari obviously uh, a lot of you uh, both on social media and on message boards, seem to be, be very disgruntled uh, with Coach Cal. And I'm just going to kind of reiterate what I said a few episodes ago about how he's not necessarily getting let go and he's not no, going to step down. And you can explain a few reasons why uh, I think that there's, some of them should be obvious. Uh, it's just a, it's a lot of a lot of shade being thrown Cal's way right now. We're also going to talk about measuring expectations for Kentucky basketball. And then we're also going to take a look at the current bracket. Obviously, the Elite Eight has been set. Going to talk about some of the teams in the field that are left. It's probably, for a Kentucky fan, like the least desirable uh, Final Four uh, that, that we've, we've had in quite some time. Anyway, starting off at the top here, Coach Calipari. He's not getting fired. He's not, uh, he's not stepping down. He's not being let go. And I've got five reasons to share with you why I believe this. Now, obviously, this should be, and I'm not saying that the people that believe he should be let go are morons. I'm not saying that then anybody is objectively just like is, is stupid in thinking that he should be let go. I'm just saying that the majority of people, in, both in, in the fan base and outside, are of the opinion that Coach Calipari is not going to be let go, nor should he step down. And quite frankly, he's not that bad of a coach. Although there are a lot of you, uh, after the Wildcats lost to St. Peter's in the opening round, that would like to think that. Uh, I've got a few reasons here to uh, tell you why that that's not necessarily so. Obviously, one of the main reasons is that there's just simply too much money uh, on the line uh, for the Kentucky Athletic Department. Right now, Coach Calipari's buyout would be $42 million. And I don't really think that there's much else I have to say other than that it's not happening. You're not going to fire a coach and then pay him $42 million to walk after he had a 26-7 and seven season. It's just, you, you don't see that ever happen. That's never going to happen. Uh, it's not happening in this case. Another reason why Coach Calipari is not going to step down is that the timing would be incredibly weird, right? He signed a lifetime contract. He's going to be here for the rest of his coaching career. He's going to, he's going to stick it out. The timing for him to even say, yeah, I'm stepping down would be just insane. Again, after a 26 and 7 year when you had an All-American, arguably the best player in the entire country, the most dominant big man since Anthony Davis, who, by the way, was a Kentucky product via Coach Calipari. You're just you, you would just not see typically a coach that had a successful year immediately step down in a program like Kentucky. It's not going to happen. 
He's not going to step down. Some of you have suggested it. I'm not talking about some of you specifically in my YouTube comments. I'm talking about just people I've seen on message boards and on social media. People are melting down right now. And I think that it's, it's fair to try and maybe bring a little bit of sanity back into the picture. It's some tough love on today's episode. Another reason why Coach Calipari is not going to be fired. If you look inside the Kentucky Athletic Department, you'll see, you'll see Mark Stoops, who almost got let go just a few years ago after starting his Kentucky tenure as the head coach of the football program, started it off really, really poorly. And he was kept, and he stuck it out, and look where he is now. Now, obviously, Kentucky football and Kentucky basketball are two completely different things. I understand that. But I don't think this is even close to as dire of a situation as some fans out there might think. You've had a coach who's won a national title, been to multiple Final Fours, has put a bunch of kids in the NBA, uh, has just consistently won. There's no reason why this athletic department is going to pull the trigger and let him go. And a prime example of that would be looking at Mark Stoops and saying, well, they didn't let him go when he was at his worst. They realized the potential there and they stuck it out with him. Do you not think after Coach Cal has proved himself by winning a title that this that this, uh, this athletic department's going to say, yeah, I think we're going to give him a few more years. In fact, we're going to give him a lifetime contract. He's not, he's not being let go. I don't know how many people out there that have been calling for his name saying he should be fired need to hear this. He's not going to be let go. He's too good of a coach to let go, which brings me to my next point. Who do you think is going to replace the man? Is there any coach in college basketball or in the NBA, for that matter, that Mitch Barnhart in the athletic department would feel comfortable replacing Coach Cal with? Is there somebody out there that could outproduce Coach Calipari? Maybe Jay Wright. Maybe Bill Self, but they're not going anywhere. They're staying at Villanova in Kansas. There is no coach in America right now that this athletic department would choose over Coach Cal. How do we know that? Again, I have to go back to it. They gave him a lifetime contract. And I, I know that I'm getting really frustrated here, but there I've just seen message after message after message saying he should be let go. He's not good at this. He's not good at that. He's terrible. If he was terrible, then he wouldn't have gone 26 and 7. If he was terrible, he still wouldn't be recruiting like he is. If he was terrible, they would have let him go. They wouldn't have given him a lifetime contract. And then the, the final reason here, and this is kind of just to tie back into what, I, what I've been saying about some of the noise, is that the outside noise... Is, is not legitimate, and it's not going to push Calipari out of his position. The athletic department in, in the university is not going to look at all of these different fans whining and complaining after a relatively successful year. We're going to get to the what-ifs here in a little bit. But after a relatively successful year, they're not just going to say, okay, some of the fan base is upset. We've got to get rid of this guy. I want to I throw a scenario out, at, out, out there for you guys. If you're eating out at a restaurant, and you get food, and it's really, really bad. Whether it's undercooked, whether it tastes bad, it tastes bad. Whether it's 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 not seasoned, it's got hair in it. Whatever it may be, it's not good food. It's bad. You would feel inclined to do what? Likely, either complain to your server, complain to the chef, or leave a bad review. You are going to be upset, and you are going to let the restaurant know that you did not get quality food. You did not get a quality product. Well, let's say you go to a good restaurant. Let's say you get some good food. Let's say it's a, it's a burger and it tastes great. It's cooked perfectly. It, it doesn't have too much mayonnaise or whatever on it. It's, it's, it's a good burger. It's like, that, man, that, that, was, that was good food. You're not going to be inclined, typically, 
to leave a great review or go compliment the chef or go tell the server this food was absolutely fantastic. You're going to give them the average tip and you're going to leave. The, the majority here of these people that are upset, it's, it's a loud minority. It's a loud minority or it's potentially an illogical majority, in which case I fear for, for our fan base. But my point being here is the people that are upset are going to be five times as loud as the people who understand what's going on and the people who are okay with the situation and the people who believe and understand that it is, in fact, a perfectly fine situation. In fact, it's one of the best situations in the entire country with the coach, with, the, uh, with all the different things that the, the athletic program has to offer with the recruiting aspect of it, with the culture, you know, it, it's it's just such a great place to be, and I for this for this this loud minority or illogical majority, I can't honestly really tell which. It, it's not going to be enough to push this man out of his spot. The people who are upset are going to consistently be louder than the people who are content, and I think this athletic department. Uh, has done, and I think a lot of athletic departments across the country will do will do a really good job of just simply ignoring it. And I'm not sitting here to tell you your voice is not going to be heard no matter how loud you scream, but it's not, my, my stance is that it's not worth looking at if I'm, if I'm Mitch Barnhart because I know what I have in Coach Cal. And quite frankly, I think a lot of people do. I want to talk about, now that we've kind of talked about whether or not this is a good situation or a bad situation. In fact, it's a good situation. I want to talk about measuring some of the expectations. And a lot of them don't necessarily need to be measured because, again, it's a good position that this program's in. We're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Stat Hero. Stat Hero has these things called NCAA single game pickums, where it pits different college basketball star players against each other in amazing, an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. You can start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that does not rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. And in addition to Stat Hero's pickum games, they also have dozens of lineups that you can comb through to take on head to head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players that you choose. So for instance, uh, you could go to Stat Hero and you could pick a set of players from, say, Villanova, taking on a set of players from Kansas in the Final Four. If you trust your Villanova players to do better, you would go and you would gamble on them. It's that simple. Uh, Stat Hero is, is simply the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. It's sleek. It's simple. The gameplay is incredible. It'll have you playing within minutes. This right here, Stat Hero, is what daily fantasy was meant to be. You can sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on, and you can use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Terms and conditions apply. All right, moving along here on the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dog here with you. So we've explained why Coach Calipari, for those of for those of us out there that are very disgruntled with him to the point of of just to the point of anger, and we're calling for his job. For some of us out there that still believe that he should be let go, I just laid out five reasons why I think he should not be let go, nor will he step down himself. If you still disagree with that, if you still disagree with the things that I just laid out. Leave them in the YouTube comments. Hit me on the socials at Locked On UK on Twitter. That's all you got to do. Let your voice be heard. If the athletic department's not going to hear you, at least I will hear you. And I and I quite frankly have been listening to you guys for uh, throughout this entire process. But 
Now that we've gotten past that, let's talk about some expectations for the program. Measuring expectations for Kentucky basketball. I want to talk about measuring expectations for four different things here, okay? I want to talk about the expectations surrounding recruiting. I want to talk about the expectations surrounding development. I want to talk about the expectation surrounding the schematics from Coach Cal. And then, obviously, I want to talk about the expectation for winning, arguably the most important. So let's start here. The expectation for recruiting. What is the expectation for, by, from Kentucky fans on the recruiting side of things for Kentucky basketball? Well, I feel like the answer is, well, they're, regardless of what they are, they're being met. Because in the John Calipari era, Kentucky's classes have had an average finish of 1.5, so either first or second nationally, typically. And then this year's class is 24th nationally, so you may say, oh, look, he's fallen off. He's still got two five-stars, okay? The average player rating is much different than the average class rating. If you have more recruits that are just a bunch of three, if you have 33 stars as opposed to two five-stars, it's probably going to even out in 24-7 sports recruiting system. I don't know that for a fact, but it, the more players that you have in your class, if the, even if they are average, it's going, to, it's going to average out with a class that has a couple of really, really good players and nobody else. But an average finish between one first and second nationally. Safe to say, I think any sort of expectations for recruiting are being met there. Expectations for development. I think this is, this is interesting because I've seen a lot of folks complain about the lack of development for everybody outside of Oscar Shibwe. And I mentioned earlier getting into the what-ifs. I want to get into some what-ifs here real quick. I think that... Kentucky does a pretty decent job of developing kids. One of the reasons I think that is if they weren't good at developing kids, then they would not lead all college programs in players in the NBA. Kentucky currently has the most active players in the NBA. Kentucky has 27. Next closest is Duke with 22. Kansas has 13 and Texas has 13. If the Wildcats did not have the ability to develop players... They simply wouldn't have players in the NBA. Turns out they have the most. But, but what ifs here? Obviously, Kentucky had a couple of injuries, and I just want to go, go over a couple of things. First off, C.J. Frederick. Some people have complained about the shooting. If C.J. Frederick was healthy, then Kentucky would have added to their lineup a shooting guard that was shooting 47% from three the prior season. C.J. Frederick, transfer from Iowa, was injured before the season started, had to have surgery, did not play the entire season. If he was playing, the roster would have looked like this. You would have had Severe Wheeler, Ty Ty Washington. So Ty Ty was shooting 35% from three on the season. Before he got hurt against Auburn, he was shooting 40%. So you've got Severe Wheeler, an improved three-point shooter. Not the best, but he's not going to be taking a ton of threes. You've got Ty Ty Washington, who could shoot the three. You've got C.J. Frederick, who could shoot the three. You've got Shaden Sharp, who was not injured, but was academically ineligible for the majority of the season. And then by the time he was able to play, Coach Calipari came to the conclusion that he wasn't going to let Sharp play because it may potentially jack with his draft stock or whatever. I don't care. He didn't play. But if he had, if he had had the ability to, he would have been another player coming off the bench or potentially starting. Who knows? That would have been an excellent shooter as well. You've got a small forward in Kellen Grady that shoots 41.7% from three. You've got a backup small forward and a backup power forward that's shooting 55% from the floor and 40% from three in Jacob Toppin. You've got Keon Brooks, who's shooting 49% from the floor, and Oscar Shibwe, who's shooting 60.6% from the floor. 
the what if here is if everybody was healthy and everything went right, I think this team was set up to potentially go on a very, very deep run and potentially win a national title. Dare I say, and I know that some of you may get mad at this, some of you may say, Lance, that's so arrogant. How could you assume something about a team that's pretty good? What if the St. Peter's game was a fluke? And I'm not the first person to say that. In fact, I, I don't really know if I've seen a ton of other Kentucky media saying that. I've seen a lot of just national media saying, what if this game was a fluke? If I asked you, if I asked you, let's say Kentucky played St. Peter's 100 times, how many times does St. Peter's win? Five? Maybe? I know they get the one, but do they win more than five times out of 100? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. If Kentucky makes their free throws at the end of that game, they win it. They move on. They get to play Murray State. That game would have been very interesting, would have picked the Wildcats to win that game. And it's not arrogant to think that. I know that some of you like to get mad about it. It's just you look at the stats, you look at the, you look at the film, you look at their, their length, their size, their talent. Everything would point in the direction of a Wildcats win. I just think that the St. Peter's game if it hadn't have happened and Kentucky had managed to get their way to the Sweet 16 at minimum, I think fans wouldn't be complaining, wouldn't be freaking out. Everything would have been just fine. And if the team had been completely healthy and completely fine, we wouldn't be talking about any of this because they would have been in the Final Four. At least I believe they would have. Now, that may be arrogant to think, but I think that there's there, the pieces are there, certainly. And if Kentucky had gotten the same draw, they would have been playing against North Carolina likely uh, in the Elite Eight, that would have been a phenomenal game. Uh, but but Kentucky, had everything gone according to plan, they would have been right there. And I don't think that just happens. I think you got to get a coach that knows what he's doing that can put you in that position to make a legitimate run. Coach Cal saw what happened the previous season. He saw that 9-16 and 16 year. He saw the offensive ineptitude. And he went out and he got players that could shoot, and he went out and got players that could make the offense go. I don't think some of you realize this. This is the best offense Kentucky has had from an efficiency standpoint since 2012, the national title year. Now, they've had a team in 2016 that tied this team in terms of efficiency, but they've not had a team perform better on the offensive ends since Kentucky won a title in 2012. So let's go ahead and move on then. The expectation for schematics. Coach Calipari, the X's and O's. I'm not a huge fan of some of the things that Coach Cal does, but I'll say this, it's worked. It's worked for the majority of the, of the season. The offensive sets aren't my favorite, but they, again, they work with the right personnel. Statistically, they worked very well this season, and if some players hadn't gotten hurt or hadn't fallen off or hadn't gotten into their head, things would have just gone smoothly. Things would have, would have gone smoothly. Of course, not everything is going to go right. So we're not living in a perfect world. What happened, happened. But I think, it, I think that the coach put, him, put his team in the best position to go on a legitimate run. And his schematics, I think, kind of backed that up. Again, I talked about the st- statistics with uh, Kentucky's offense. Defensively, I think there are more concerns. And I think a lot of fans would agree with that. There seems to be a lot of complaints with Kentucky's man-to-man defense. Coach Cal thinks it prepares kids better for the NBA and says that it's easier to discipline a man-to-man defense. And I've seen a lot of different people push back on that and say, well, the goal is to win at Kentucky, not to win in the NBA. So why don't you run a little bit more zone? Why don't you try and throw some different things at your opponent? Uh, and, and I would just say, 
not trying to be harsh here, but one of the reasons that Kentucky is a hotbed for all these recruits and it's been such a, such a great place for five stars to come is so that they can come here and develop for the NBA. It's not necessarily the fact that they're coming to Kentucky just to play. If they, if they were, then they would probably be going somewhere else just to go play there. If they, it, it's not necessarily the draw that Kentucky is a phenomenal basketball team, collegiate basketball team. It's the draw that for some of these five stars that they can get to the NBA through Kentucky. Kentucky is a means to get to their next place in life. And I'm not saying that every every recruit's like that. Obviously, you have your kids that absolutely love the program, love the fans, have been Kentucky fans growing up. It's not consistently everybody just cares about getting to the NBA. But the, one of the sales pitches to these five stars is that the development is here. We can get you to that next level. And so Cal is going to try and implement some things that get these kids better prepared for the NBA. He's got to walk the walk and talk the talk at the same time. And sure, man-to-man might, may not be the most efficient thing in the world, but I also want to point out Kentucky's had an average defensive efficiency of 26 nationally in the Coach Cal era, so it's not like they're playing bad defense. In fact, I would argue if you go and look at the Kim Palm statistics, they've actually can, kind of gotten more consistent on the defensive end as, uh, as seasons have gone on. Now, again, it's not been elite consistently, but it's been solid to pretty darn good consistently. And then obviously the final expectation here, the expectation for winning. We've talked about this, this a little bit already. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think a ton of people are talking about it. And it's not like this is, this is an original thought. I've seen some folks mention this. Kentucky beat two of the teams that are in the Final Four this season. They didn't just beat them. They rocked them. They destroyed them. They beat North Carolina and they beat Kansas. The expectation for winning, I think, for the majority of the fan base is, is on par with what it should be. And obviously, a loss in the round of 64 is going to throw a lot of people out of their seat. It's going to really ruffle some feathers, uh, no pun intended for the Peacocks of St. Peter's there. But it's, um, it's obviously going to make people upset. But I think just to kind of, kind of reel some folks back in, like... The, the team is still winning consistently, right? They're getting 25-plus wins almost every single year, and you can say, well, the 9-16 and 16 year happened. I just want to say anything that happened during that COVID year, uh, I don't think a lot of people should care about, but if you want to care about it, that's fine. Uh, it, was, it was a very forgetful year, in my opinion. Uh, everything that happened that season, was there was an asterisk next to it. But overall, I think the program's in a really good spot winning-wise. And to go back to what we were saying just a couple episodes ago, it's so, so hard to win in the NCAA tournament. It's so hard to win consistently. And we pointed out all these different examples of teams that had either won their conference in the regular season or won their, their conference tournament and then got bounced early. Tennessee, Auburn, Virginia Tech, Iowa. You know, all, the, all these different schools that, that got bounced super, super early. And even Arizona didn't make it to the Final Four. Even Gonzaga didn't make it to the Elite Eight. They got bounced by Arkansas. Things happen in the NCAA tournament, and you can't use the postseason, you can't use March Madness to define your season. There are still positive things that happened in the regular season. The regular season matters. 
Some folks may not want to tell you or may not want to say that. Some po- folks don't believe that. But things that happen in the regular season matter. Wins that happen in the regular season matter. It's not all just about the postseason. But gosh, winning in the postseason is so difficult. It's hard to expect your team to make deep runs every single year. But I'll say this, going back to the what-if scenario, I think Coach Calipari and Kentucky put themselves early on in the best position to potentially make a deep run. Some things just didn't go their way. Free throws weren't made. Shots weren't made. Kids got injured. Kids weren't eligible to play. Things happen. We have to move past that now, and I think that the the stance that we should take as fans isn't this is the end of the world or things are slowly falling off of a cliff. I don't think that's the stance we should take. I think the stance that we should take, the expectation moving forward, is that this is still Kentucky basketball. The program is still in a very, very good spot, and they have an opportunity to do some really good things this next season. That's just my opinion. All right, before we take a look at potentially the worst bracket ever uh, with, the, with these final four teams left, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. This is a time of year that everybody has pretty much just about given up on their New Year's resolutions. Not this year for me, though. I've got one more left. I'm sticking to my New Year's resolution to eat healthy, and it's all thanks to Built Bar. It's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. You can go to Built.com right now, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order of Built Bars. They're absolutely phenomenal. They taste great, uh, and they're very, very good for you. Much better than candy bars. Would highly recommend instead of eating candy bars, swap them out for Built Bars. Uh, They've got much more protein. They've got about half the calories of an average candy bar. They've got way less grams of sugar, way less net carbs. Again, a ton of protein. Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15, 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Daw here with you. Going to take a look at what happened in the Elite Eight. Going to briefly look ahead to the Final Four. Worst Final Four for a Kentucky fan, I could say that. So Arkansas's run came to an end against the Duke Blue Devils. Duke just kind of controlled that game for the majority uh, of the contest just kind of uh, got put Arkansas in a death grip and just slowly, just slowly finished it out. Six, 69 to 78 was the final score in favor of the Blue Devils. Coach K back in the final four in his final season with Duke. Uh, I, as a Kentucky fan, I mean, I'm not pleased with this final four and I don't hate Coach K. I respect what he's done. Certainly respect what he's done, um, but I, I wouldn't have picked Duke to go to the final four. Would have rather had Arkansas there. And so you look at North Carolina, also in the Final Four. Again, that's a team that Kentucky beat. Beat uh, North Carolina, or beat St. Peter's, excuse me, by 20. 69 to 49. So St. Peter's run finally came to an end. And honestly, as a Kentucky fan, you should probably feel better that St. Peter's didn't just beat Kentucky. They also beat 30 and 2 Murray State. And then they beat Purdue, uh, who was like twice their size. So I think as a Kentucky fan, you got to feel at least somewhat decent. It's like, well, the team that, that upset us kind of upset some other folks too. Unfortunately, they did not make it to the Final Four. Duke and North Carolina in the Final Four. That has never happened before. Uh, and I think that's going to be at least an entertaining matchup, but not the, not the most entertaining for, for some of us Kentucky fans. Villanova defeated Houston. Houston could not buy a bucket. 
uh, and Villanova won by six. 50-44 was the final score there. Just an ugly game all around. Kansas routed Miami. Miami was up at the break. I believe it was 32-29 uh, at halftime. 76-50 to 50, the final score there. Uh, Kansas taking on Villanova in the final four. So, again, to repeat myself, like I always do, uh, Duke, North Carolina on one side of the final four and Villanova and Kansas on the other side. Very blue-bloodish type of final four here for, for, a, for a March Madness tournament that was just incredibly chaotic. Uh, we got some pretty, pretty bland names in there for the final four. Duke, North Carolina again, Nova and Kansas should be really entertaining for some of us. Um, but, but as a Kentucky fan, it's probably the worst Final Four that we could have gotten. I'm having a hard time thinking of, of what would potentially have been. I guess Auburn, uh, Auburn and, uh, and Villanova and Duke and, uh, and, and North Carolina probably would have been bad, but Oh, well, it is what it is. I, I personally, it's just any, any basketball that's entertaining, I'll take it. Uh, I, I will say some of, these, uh, some of these Elite Eight games, not the most entertaining. Uh, I'm looking forward to maybe some, some more entertaining uh, Final Four action, hopefully. Anyway, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Make your second listen today, Locked On NFL Draft with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every single day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK and follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. If you're listening on podcast format, hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody, and God bless.